Mac Power Users, episode 146, Our Tech Gear. Well, hello, everyone. It's David Sparks back with my pal, Katie Floyd. Hey, Katie. Hey, David. Uh, We thought we'd go narcissistic for an episode because we get a lot of people writing us asking what kind of gear we're using. And we decided let's just go nuts and and share it all. And right. I think that's fun. I I think it's kind of fun to hear what people are doing. And maybe we'll do this once every couple of years. My gear setup doesn't change that often, but you know, when it does, it's fun to talk about it. I like, I know I like hearing when other people talk about it. Well, the stuff in our outline, some of it we've talked about before, and that's kind of interesting. The stuff that stuck with us and then there's stuff that's new. So this will be fun. And, uh, and I hope everyone enjoys, uh, us talking about all the junk we've bought over the years. <laughs> yeah. And you know, we, we always get those complaints from people who say, this is how much money you cost me. And um, sorry. Well, you know, actually, now that I think about it, this is a really good episode because I want to impose this on the Mac power users listeners, because ever since the Chris Breen episode, I've been getting emails and Twitters telling me that I have to buy <laughs> I a Sonos system. I think that's hysterical. It's like, it's, it's like you're getting a little taste. It's hundreds and hundreds of dollars, and it's so tempting, and every person writes me. And I don't think I've had a negative tweet or email about it yet, so I'm going to have to, I don't know, go sell some blood or something, I guess. Yeah, so. Anyway, let's get started. I'm tempted, because you know what? I want a sound bar, and I think that could be my entry into the Sonos. But yes, let's get started. That can be on on our gear show next year. You can tell us all about the Sonos you (laughs) have. Probably. I'm sure now that I've mentioned it, I'm going to get even more emails telling me to buy this stuff. Yeah. My goodness. Okay. Start with Apple gear. Let's talk about the actual Apple hardware we're carrying around with us every day. Well, um, I I guess we'll just talk about um, big picture. Let's talk about the the stuff that we have. I mean, my main machine is a 13-inch MacBook Air 2012 model. So it's, uh, you know, right before this previous generation or current generation. Um, and then I have a i5 Mac Mini. That's a 2011, I think, which is again the the previous generation of the Mac Mini. Those those were out for a good bit. Um, the Mac Mini I've souped up a little bit, and I've I've thrown some additional RAM in, courtesy I believe of OWC. I usually get my RAM from Otherworld Computing or Crucial. I thought about putting an SSD in that Mini, and I probably will at some point now that they're pretty easy to upgrade. Um, but you know, I kind of like to stagger those a little bit about the time it starts to feel slow. That's, that's what I'll do is I'll, I'll throw an SSD in there. Um, and then I've got an iPhone five and an iPad third generation for now. What about you? Well, just on that mini subject, I think that's real interesting. We've had a couple guests over the years that talk about using the mini for a home server, uh, most recently, who did we have that talked about their home server with Sean, wasn't it? No, but yeah. he he had a he had MacBook Pro an old MacBook Pro used a home server. Yeah, yeah. Well, either way, it you know it's really a great solution that a lot of people skip over. I've never owned one, but I could see myself doing that one day. Uh, the advantage I have is I've got uh, in my gear a, an iMac that we bought. I think it. I I was looking at. I think the warranty runs in in six months, so that means it's two and a half years old for me. Uh, we bought it. It, you know, for the family and it sits in a room. So I do the podcasting from it, but it also serves up our iTunes and it's the shared iPhoto library. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff we do. It's kind of a, a family computer, but I do keep it running with my email and OmniFocus running. So I've got kind of a home server style uh, service out of it. 
And it's the computer that I complain about the most on the show because I got clever and bought it with a 256 gigabyte SSD. It was one of the first iMacs they did that in. And of course, that's not enough space when you consider all the stuff we do on it, even just to run the software type things, because my daughter is really into video. So we've got a whole bunch of Final Cut and other assets on it. Uh, I do have connected to it an external drive, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit. And that helps. But even just the basics, we quite often run up that that hard drive. And then I have last year I bought the 15 inch Retina MacBook Pro, which I just absolutely love. I can't stop looking at the text on that screen. It's it's a gorgeous computer. And uh, I have an iPhone as well. And I have iPads. I've got the uh, the uh, I think it's the third gen iPad, and then I've got an iPad Mini that I bought last year, which I really like. But I really hope they come out with a Retina version. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I agree. I think that um, I probably could have at some point gone with an iMac. I think the iMac makes sense in a family situation. I think two fifty six is tough in a family situation. But my reason for wanting the Mini is I just wanted a second computer because I've had doesn't happen often. But if this MacBook Air goes down. And it's less of a deal now that I've got the iPhone and the iPad and I've got other computer other devices that I can use. But it was really a big deal, especially since we don't have a, a local Apple store here. If, you know, I've had situations where the hard drive has died or the motherboard's died or I've had to send it into Apple for repair or replacement. And, you know, it's gone for three, four five days. And I, I just wanted really a second computer so that I could grab it and, and get back up and running. And, of course, knock on something um that hasn't happened since since i got the mini so maybe it's just insurance at this point it's really nice having two computers and and we did we talked about in the email show and a couple of the other shows the advantage of having a a mac running essentially as a server in your home it gives you a lot of advantages and options that you wouldn't have otherwise so that's nice it kind of makes up for the lack of apple uh, uh really robust cloud rules like for email yeah okay well let's let's talk about a sponsor okay okay one password one password allows you to create and store strong and unique passwords it's multi-platform it's on the mac pc iphone ipad android and it syncs everything for you so if you've got a dropbox account and let's say you've got a pc at the office a mac at home and an iphone in your pocket you can easily get your passwords to jump between each device and, and have it available to you all the time. The other thing that's really great is the way it auto fills passwords in the browsers for you. So you can be on a website that has a secure login and one password knows which website you're on and puts that in for you. All you've got to remember is your one password you use to operate the application with the go and fill features. It'll even go to the website and fill it in for you, which is, which is really great. Um, they have a T-shirt they're selling right now. I'm just buying a T-shirt from 1Password. And it says, command slash is my password. <laughs> uh, and it made me laugh, but I'm thinking, you know, that's really true for me. And it got me thinking about keyboard shortcuts. Because if you've got 1Password, a lot of times you use it and you always pull the mouse out to get it active. You don't need to do that. If you just hit command slash when you're in your browser, it will automatically open the little 1Password um plug in and it will go right to the website that it thinks it should be at for you. So you can do that very quickly. Uh, if you hit, there's a couple more though. If you hit option command slash, it opens up the browser without selecting a specific site. So it just gets you in there and then you can go ahead and type in, um, and there's a little search menu and it'll search, search down for you. So you can find what you need. 
Um, you can switch sections with tab and shift tab. You can use the right arrow to move between the details for the login. So let's say you've got a Amazon, you want to go look at the details. You hit the right arrow and you're right in from within the password extension. And when you decide you're done, you can just hit escape and it gets you out. Just pick up those little keyboard shortcuts and it'll really improve your game on one password. So go check that out. You can get it in the Mac App Store for $49.99, which is great, especially if you've got a family full of Macs in your house. You can get everybody on one password for that one fee. Uh, if you're on Mac and Windows, you can get a bundle for $69.99 at the uh, Agile Bits. I guess it's onepassword.com as well, website. And then there's also a version for iOS. So go check it out. Let them know you heard about it from us. And, you know, improve your passwords today. Cool. Thanks, 1Password, for continuing to support Mac Power users. So we've talked about these Macs that we've got, but I wanted to also talk a little bit about what we've got on our desk with them. And I, I guess I'll start this off. But my Mac right now is sitting on Griffin. I think it used to be called the iRise. There's now a newer version of it that's called the iStand. But I am all about ergonomics because I've talked about in the past how I've got issues with um, RSI. And what the iRise did, and I, I tried a couple of different types of stands to get my Mac to the right height. And the iRise was just the one that kind of had the good combination of being the right height and aesthetically pleasing. Is it just, it raises my Mac up to a, a nice level that it's level with my, I've got an Apple Cinema display. And it's a good level so that I can use those two screens side by side. Like right now I've got Skype window and our call recorder window and piezo and all of the kind of technical stuff for the podcast running on, on my Mac on this side window. And then directly in front of me, I've got this 24 inch cinema display um, where I've got kind of the main content that we're looking at in our show notes and a web browser and thing that I'm actually using for the show. Um, it's, it's a little, mm, not maybe maybe a little unstable to type on it's it's something that you can type on but i don't it's it's not designed to type on it's designed to to raise your mac up to a, a comfortable level so and it, it looks aesthetically pleasing it it doesn't visually take up a lot of space and it's the kind of thing that you can you can put you know stack hard drives under so if you want to use the space under it uh then of course i have my trusty scansnap ix500 sitting on my desk and um in terms of peripherals i've got a logitech Revolution. Actually, I've got the Logitech Performance NMX mouse, which uh, replaced my favorite mouse of all time, the Logitech Revolution mouse, which I don't think you can buy anymore. Um, and then a Magic Trackpad on the other side. And right now I'm using the DOS keyboard, which I like because it's one of those clackety clackety keyboards. But I'm I'm still kind of looking for that right keyboard. Do you use that during the show? Because I don't hear the click clicking sound. I do use it during the show. But I, I've also, right now, I've got Shush connected, which is um, one of those push-to-talk things. So right now I'm holding a button on my keyboard so that I can talk to you. And so when I clackety-clack, I let up on that button so you don't hear anything. I didn't know that. Uh -huh. So you've got – see, I use it the opposite. I push the button You use it as a cough to, button. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you can use it either way. Okay. So those is that are, it? No, no. I've got lots of other stuff on my <laughs> – What's this cable desk organization you were talking about? Uh, well, so I'm I'm one of these 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 neat clean desk freaks, and if you look at my desk, I don't like to have any paper or anything or any cables on it. So um, I was looking for a way to to try to organize all of these cables and get as much stuff off my desk as possible. And there are a couple of different solutions from IKEA, 
depending on the type of desk that you have. And then I've also seen some DIY solutions from Like Packer with, with even something as simple as taking a gutter, you know, the gutters that you put like on the side of your house yeah, and mounting it under your desk. So what it is, and this kind of looks like a gutter, uh, you put it under your desk and it's a, it's a wire mesh. I'll put a link in the show notes to it. And it's just a, it's just kind of a hanging long wire basket that goes underneath my desk and what I've got on there is I've got um, I've got a first off I've got an external hard drive sitting on there that I use for Super Duper, and then all of my cables and wires and all that junk just kind of sit up in that that wire mesh basket, so it's they're not dangling down on the floor and they're not dangling down by my feet and they're they're just all nicely collected in there. I used to have one of those same same exact thing I bought it at IKEA. Yeah. So, and then um, I um I ran out of USB space, so I had to get one of those uh twelve port USB hubs, and then of course I've got a an APC battery backup. I uh I went through and had a cleansing a few years ago on my desk because like you, I had a USB hub, I had the little IKEA tray, and I was just looking at all the junk I had plugged into my computer, and I decided to get rid of a bunch of it. So I don't have that much on my desk these days. I've got a scan snap, uh, I've got the Western Digital. Thunderbolt uh, drive, which is, it's a six gigabyte drive. And I picked Western digital for an interesting reason. Um, It's not the best machine on the market for Thunderbolt drives. In fact, if you look at the benchmarks in Macworld or some of these other websites, it's, it's one of the slowest, but even the slowest Thunderbolt drive is still really fast. And uh, this one doesn't have a fan. And the status light is a very tiny little pin light and it's in my bedroom. So I don't want, I didn't want something that was going to spin up fans and I didn't want something that was going to light up the room. In fact, I even put a little tape over the light anyway, but uh, that, that was my criteria for buying a new Thunderbolt (laughs) drive was had to be quiet and not light up my bedroom. But the six gigabyte drive is nice because it allows me to, uh, to, I can either run it as a full six gigabyte drive or I can have it run up in essence was that raid two where one is copying the other at all times. And with my uh, re- storage requirements, that's what I'm doing. So I've essentially got three, two, three gigabyte drives in there that are copies of the same data at all times. So if one of them, that, fails, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. So you've got two, three terabyte drives together. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And, uh, and it's copying each other. So if one of them fails, then, then that solves my problem. And on that drive is the iTunes library and the aperture library and all my daughter's final cut projects. And, you know, just, it's a, a accumulation of data. So yeah, I get emails from people occasionally cause I whine way too much about the size of the, uh, the uh, SSD in this iMac. People say, well, why don't you just attach some external storage? Well, I have, but the trouble is just the basic operating files on there are what keep running it up. And, and my daughter, you know, she's a teenager. She's, she understands that we need to save space on this computer. But at the bottom line, when she's making a video, she's just going to keep everything on the desktop. So it gets nutty. And uh, that drive, I think, was a good investment. I've been really happy with it. And it's it's just wicked fast, even though it's supposed to be the slowest Thunderbolt drive. It's, it's crazy fast. Another thing I have on my desk that I've never been able to get rid of, even though I've not used it to its full potential, is the Griffin PowerMate. 
Have I ever talked about that on the show? I want to know what you do with that, because I tell you, I bought a Griffin Powermate, and I ended up returning it, and I've never quite known what to do with it. So tell me, you've never talked about it. Tell us what you do with it. Yeah, so it's it's a really cool, it's basically a big knob, and it's an aluminum knob. It's got a really nice movement on it, and it it plugs in through, got a, a USB cord on it. That's, boy, I wish this thing was like Bluetooth or something, but... So there's a USB cord that plugs in and you can spin it or you can press it down. So it's a button and a knob combined in one object. And you can use it for real basic things like turning up the volume and down the volume on your computer. So it's just a big mechanical knob. But you can also use it for scrubbing and final cut. Uh, you can you can use it for web searches. You can attach a whole bunch of macros to it. It can run AppleScript. So like I've got little Apple scripts I can run if I hold down certain keys and push the button, something will happen. It's got a nice little blue light on it and it lights up. And then, for instance, for podcasting, I have this series of scripts I got from George Starcher, where when I push a button while I'm podcasting and I mute the mic, it will flash blue. And then when it's hot again, when I press the button again, it'll turn into just solid blue. So there's there's a lot you can do with this. Uh, I'm not sure if it was worth it. I think I paid like $70 for it, which was a lot of money for a knob. But uh, I've kept it all these years, and I still use it. It's still plugged in. I'm looking at it right now. In fact, I don't want to fiddle with it too much with the volume right now, or it'll screw up the podcast. But either way, it's a nice – it's kind of a nice little gadget, and I like having it. Makes yeah. me happy. Uh, one of the reasons I got rid of mine is I just found that the software wasn't that great for it, and I, I'm I'm just not sure it's been updated yeah. that much. Well, it's not that great, but it's it also it works where I need it to work, so I can't really complain that much. Okay, so I want to talk to you about my keyboard. I have questions about this because, I, like I said, I'm not quite settled on my keyboard, and I know you've done this big thing and you've switched. Yeah, so I did a, an article at Max Sparky where I was comparing clicky-clack keyboards. I think I look at the DOS keyboard and all the various ones I had been playing with. And at the, same, at the time, I decided I was going to go ahead and also do uh, compare the Apple Bluetooth keyboard just to see. Because I've kind of dealt with RSI issues as well. If I type a long time, my fingers get sore. I don't know if that's RSI or not, but I deal with it. And I found that the Bluetooth keyboard from Apple was actually the easiest keyboard for me for extended periods of typing. I think it's because there's less travel and less resistance, but that's the one that works for me. So I got rid of my clicky clack keyboard to the joy and delight of all the listeners and Katie Floyd. Yes. Now, did you find that it, it, it took you some time to, cause I feel like you get used to certain keyboards. How long did it take you to kind of get used to the, this keyboard versus the other ones that you were using? I never felt any um, adjustment. It, it just worked. Maybe it was just me because for years I've used one of those split key keyboards and now I'm not. So I maybe that was my adjustment. And also I type on a laptop a lot. And so right. this. That's Apple the same keyboard. keyboard is, yeah, is exactly the same, I guess. But then I had a problem because I needed a, another keyboard, you know, because I'm driving around all the time. I'm, and I'm in L.A. and stuck in traffic and. A lot of times I'll pull over because I'm constantly writing a book and I needed a way to get Bluetooth into my iPad easily. And I decided to just start keeping a Bluetooth keyboard in the trunk of my car. And that was the one I was using with my computer. So I had I needed to buy another one. And I, I, thought, I just have visions of people going into to, to use the iMac and the keyboard's gone because it's in the back of dad's car. Yeah, I figured that wouldn't be very popular. 
So, you know, and it gave me an opportunity to spend money, right? So I'm going to go buy another keyboard. And I thought, why do I need a, a Bluetooth keyboard? You know, I could go with, I mean, why do I need the Apple Bluetooth keyboard? Uh, what are my other options? You know, given I'm going to look at these chiclet keyboards. And I kept hearing about these Logitech keyboards. So I started looking into it and eventually I settled on the Logitech K760. And this is a solar powered keyboard. And it's really great. I mean, I've been happy with it. It's, it's very similar to the Apple keyboard, but different in small ways. For instance, the keys have a slight divot on them. And that's kind of nice. Your fingers kind of fit in them. Uh, but the really cool part is the top left corner. There's three function keys that attach to three different Bluetooth radios. So I can take this and have one button attach it to my iMac and one button attach it to my iPad and one button attach it to my iPhone. So in my house, I've got one keyboard. I can work with all those things. And I use it that way all the time. I was out in the backyard the other day working on the next book and I had my iPad and my little Bluetooth keyboard. This keyboard is actually on my Amazon wish list because a couple of things that I really like about it. Number one, I like the fact that it's solar. And I want you to talk a little bit if, if does that really work? Have you ever had an issue where yeah, it doesn't quite work and it's kind of dead, especially with it being in your trunk some of the times? Because I have found that for I've I've got the Apple Bluetooth keyboard that I have paired most of the time to my Mac Mini because for various reasons sometimes I need a keyboard to use the Mac Mini, but half the time when I go to grab it I get the your keyboard's almost low on batteries your keyboard's almost low on batteries and I think that's because where I keep it it ends up getting banged or turned on or whatever and then I've got it where I can you know grab it and travel with it but I don't like that for various reasons in fact I broke the button key, the up arrow key on it the first time I took it traveling because you know the little chiclet keys break. Yeah. So well, that keyboard's for sure on my list because I feel like it could solve a bunch of problems. I think it could, and you can actually, you know, on Amazon, you can get a, a case that you can slide it into, but I think it could solve the problem of not having to deal with the batteries. And I think it could solve the problem of, oh, well, this is a keyboard that I can use from time to time when I need a keyboard with my mini, just, you know, program one of the Bluetooth functions to work with that. And then this can be my new travel keyboard for my iPad. And, you know, maybe it could be my podcasting keyboard for my Mac. I don't know. It's it's a really great keyboard. I'm happy with it. I've never had it not work because of the solar charging. It's always worked. I've never made a special efforts to put it in the light, but you know, the light comes in my the room, the area where I work, so I guess that's enough. I suspect it doesn't require a lot. Um I've thought about attaching the the third radio to my Apple TV, but I've never got around to doing it. And just to be clear, I don't travel with this in my trunk. This is always at my iMac unless I okay. pick it up and walk somewhere else in the house to work on it. The, the, the keyboard in my trunk is the old Apple Bluetooth keyboard that I had on the, the iMac. The one that I'm thinking about picking up for my main Mac, which is my MacBook Air that I keep at my desk, is a slightly different version of that. It's a little bit older version. It's the Logitech Solar Keyboard K750, which is a wireless keyboard it's not Bluetooth. It uses the um, the Logitech's universal receiver, which is not a big deal for me because it's the same receiver that my mouse uses, so I could use the same receiver for both. It's also solar, but it has a numpad, which is a really big deal for me and because I, I use the numpad all the time. So I'm kind of holding out thinking maybe the next version of that keyboard will, number one, be Bluetooth and also have a numpad, but but maybe it won't. But I also like the shorter one for, you know, for, for the fact that it 
is the easy switch and it's smaller and easy to travel with. But then they've also got the K811, which is similar in function to the one that you have, except it's a little bit smaller because instead of solar power, it it um it connects via it's either mini or mi- not connects, but it charges via either mini or micro USB. So it loses that inch at the top because it's not solar. Yeah. Well, this one I'm happy with. I I don't think I'd change it for anything. I don't like the numpad because I don't use it enough to justify it, and the travel from my hand over to the trackpad. Uh, I don't. I don't like having to go further and the way my computer set up, it's actually kind of inconvenient because it pushes the keyboard that I'm always typing on a little bit further to the left and it doesn't really work, but uh, I'm really happy with this keyboard. I don't know what else to say about it, except if you're in your house and you want to be able to use one keyboard with multiple devices, this is probably the solution for you. And then with the Bluetooth keyboard in the trunk, I just always keep a spare pair of double a batteries. It's not that hard. Um, and then we both have these Rode podcasters that I think we both have the uh, the the mount that that connects to your desk. I've I've got mine connected with the with the clip. I don't know if you've got yours drilled in or not, but that's yeah. that's been pretty convenient. Yeah, and uh, we get a lot of people writing in asking they want to get started in podcasting or do some kind of recording. What's a good way to do it? And I I swear by this Rode podcaster. I've had so many different mics over the years that we've been doing the show, and I've spent quite a bit of money on some of them. And this one just works. Yeah, I, I like the idea of it being a USB mic because it's really just plug and play. And I don't know, what was it, about 300 350 bucks for the entire kit? Because you got the mic, you got the, um, the, the boom arm, which I like the boom arm. Now, if, you, if we're using this microphone at least once a week and a lot of times more than that, if you're not, then it may not be something that you want on your desk all the time. And so maybe you want something. Um, what was that other microphone you had before? that you could just pick up and um, put in a closet or something? Oh, it was the, um, it was the blue Yeti. Yeah. The blue Yeti. It was too hot for me. It just, in fact, Brett Terpstra, I gave it to Brett because we were doing a book together and he didn't have a good mic and he, he likes it just fine. So maybe it was just me. Yeah. I've heard a couple of people complain about it being hot, but, but a lot of people use it. I think Jason Snell uses the Yeti. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I want to talk a little bit. Uh, anything else on your desk that's interesting? Uh, let me see. I have a list. Oh, or actually, list. I just have to look around my desk. <laughs> uh, yeah, just open your I eyes. Have the, I have the, the focal speaker system, which is a, is a real nice speaker with a subwoofer. I got a review unit like four or five years ago. And when it came time to send it back, I just wrote them and said, how much do I need to pay you? Because I don't, I don't want to send these away. And it's a nice, um, it's a nice speaker system. And it, it fills my room. So see, I don't need a, I don't need a Sonos in my room because I already have nice speakers in my room. Yeah, but the thing about the Sonos is once oh, you start, don't, then don't you start, replace everything with it. Don't start on me, Katie. Don't start on me. All right. Well, that that's really it. Yeah, you know, I don't have much in my room or on my uh, on my iMac. I try to keep it simple, but I I really do like that Thunderbolt drive I bought. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we'll uh, we'll move on and talk about we we've both have now taken Macs to our office. So let's talk a little bit about what we've uh, taken to our office to support our Macs. But before we do that, I do want to talk about our next sponsor, uh, which is Clarify. And I have really, as you've seen, David, I've been posting to my website, and, and you linked to a couple of things. I have been using the heck out of Clarify 
recently because it is uh, just a great tool to use to share information with people. And it's, you know, you kind of have to think about what is the best way that I can convey this message to somebody. And and sometimes if it's just one quick thing and you need to show them something, you know, there's a, you know, tools like Skitch that are great for just, you know, here, here's the arrow, here's the button that you need to click. Uh, and sometimes if you've got a really complex idea that you need to get across, you know, Don McAllister, we know is the master of, of, of screen, ca- um, screencasting, but most of what I do kind of fits in this in-between area. And that's what Clarify is. And Clarify allows you to capture a sequence of screenshots and annotate them to create documents uh, that clearly convey your message and are a great alternative to trying to create help documentation or kind of walk somebody through something otherwise, you know, whether it be on the phone or, you know, just an email or whatever you're doing. And I just did a a great Clarify tutorial that's been really popular over on kittyfloyd.me. And if you haven't done it yet, there might still be time. I, I have heard that they are extending it to pull all of your subscription and OPML data out of Google Docs. And I did a step-by-step Clarify tutorial explaining how you did that. So it was real simple. What I did is I launched Clarify. Then I went to the Google website. It was something that I needed to do anyway. So I just took screen captures within Clarify of every step of the process of downloading my, my Google data. It really didn't add any additional time to the process because I was doing it as I was downloading my Google data myself. And then within Clarify, once I captured all those screenshots, I just went in and added a little bit of text around those screenshots explaining what I was doing. And then I used some of their annotation tools within Clarify to, you know, call out something, uh, you know, if I'm going to draw attention to this or draw an arrow to that. Um, And when I was done, I gave it a title and I uploaded it to their Clarify service. It's called clarify-it.com. Everybody can get an account on clarify-it. And if I wanted to just share it with a couple of people, I could send them the link or I could upload it to my Evernote account or I could save it as a PDF and email a PDF out to people. But I decided that I wanted to share this information to the world. So what I did is after I had uploaded all the information to the Clarify It service, I just copied the HTML and uploaded it to my Squarespace site. And all of the images and all the information are already hosted by Clarify. And it was beautifully formatted because it matched the custom CSS that I have already used in Squarespace. And it, I've got this totally custom looking post up on Squarespace that I did within Clarify in a matter of minutes. Um, And it's been very popular and I, I hope helpful to people. So that's been my experience using Clarify. And I've had a lot of people comment about how that's how they're using it too. It almost feels like cheating, doesn't it? Does, it does, yeah. Yeah, it's so great. So uh, Clarify is available both for Mac and Windows. It's also available in the Mac App Store. Uh, you can find more information about Clarify by going to clarify-it.com. You can pick up a copy for $29, either for Mac or Windows, or there's a cross-platform license for $39. Uh, and thanks to Clarify for their continuing support of Mac Power users. All right, so everybody wants to go to work with Katie Floyd and just kind of check out her office. Well, I stole a lot of my office set up from you. So thank you for giving me the nudge. Then you go first, go first and just. All right. Um, Well, when I got this fancy new ScanSnap iX500 on my desk at home, I took my old ScanSnap S1500 on my desk at the office. And, you know, I replaced my printer on my desk at the office with my scanner. And that has worked. That has worked out really well. Yeah. I mean, I had this big, ugly, honking, um, you know, uh, laser printer on my desk at the office, and I just replaced it with this nice little, elegant scan snap, and 
Yeah. I Number one, I have more room on my desk now. And number two, I'm much more, you know, it kind of solves a problem. It gets rid of paper and also gets rid of paper. So there you go. And, and you're all Logitech at work too, right? Yeah. It's just, so I don't even know what it is. It's a generic, a, some generic Logitech keyboard and mouse that we bought in bulk at the office a couple of years ago. But I did take my Mac mini in. And since I kind of have to support that myself, I, I did pick up a, I, I replaced that drive a while ago with a, um, with an SSD. So I also, when I, when I picked up the SSD, um, OWC has a, a, a kit where you can get an SSD and then you can get a, a 2.5 inch enclosure to put your old drive in. So I took the drive out of the mini and, and put it in the OWC USB enclosure and put the original drive in. So I've got that as a backup drive. Now, have you got the new friendlier, um, Mac mini, the one that's easier to work on or the old one where you had to get, you know, the, no, I, I had to sharpen my, um, my putty knives. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> two. I had to sharpen two open. two putty knives yeah. to pop it open, but once you do the, the first time you do it, it's really really bad. I mean, it just sounds like you're killing something. It's yeah. just so just, it, if you're listening and you're not aware of it, the old Mac Minis. In order to get into it, you had to pop off the lid, and everybody decided the best way to do that was Home Depot style putty knives. And so that's the way. If you go on online, there's a whole bunch of tutorials on how to do it. Once you get in, it's pretty easy to work on it. You can replace the drive and the memory pretty easily. But just that initial removal, everyone says, is kind of horrifying. It's it's and, really bad. Whereas the new ones, I believe there's access in the bottom of it that gets you mm-hmm. into it. And you can do all sorts of work without having to resort to hardware. <laughs> yeah. So um, I actually had to go in a couple of times because when I, when I went in there the first time, I uh, I accidentally disconnected the speaker cable, and when I put it all back together, I had no sound. So I had to go back in there and figure out, okay, what did I what did I disconnect and put it back together again? Whoops. Yeah, but that fixed. Okay, it. it when you put it back together and there's an extra screw. Well, it <laughs> I was, hate that. I found it. I found it and put it back where it belonged, and now now it works just fine. And we need not speak of this anymore. All right. Um, what else you got at your office? Um, I also I have this on my desk too, but I, I I'll mention it because I have it at my office. But it's the uh, Seta, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. iPhone stand. And it was initially started as a Kickstarter, but I think they've. I'll try to find a link and put it in the show notes because I think they've gotten together with another manufacturer and they're now mass producing these. And this is just an aluminum stand that has this nano suction technology on it that is just magical. So it will kind of like suction cup to your desk, but it's not a suction cup, it's a suction pad. And then it will suction to kind of any iPhone or or really any electronic device or phone that's got a flat, smooth surface on the back. So if it's got a case, as long as it's kind of a flat, smooth surface on the case, it will suction to that. Um, and so you really just touch your phone to this nano suction surface. I did a post about this on my blog um, and it will stick. And then it's got a, it's very simple. It's very elegant. It's just got a little hole through it that you can then route your power cable through. And so I've got a power cable coming up that, that routes through that when I need to charge it. And it just holds your phone up at a nice angle. So you can at a glance, take a look and see if you've got any notifications or anything going on. And it just, it solves a problem for me. So I don't have my iPhone sitting on my desk and getting shuffled over by paper. It just has a nice place to, to sit and I can see what's going on. Yeah. That nano suction, that sounds kind of dirty. I'm not sure we we can go with our clean tag now. Thanks a lot. It's fine. It's fine. That's an interesting device. I'd never seen it before. I use a, a thing I got in my Macworld speaker bag a few years ago called the stump and it's a what is it stumpstore.com and it's just a a rubber you know round circular device that's got a wedge in it that you can fit an ipad or an iphone 
and I really like it. And I, in fact, I have a couple of them. I bought a few more and I've got one at work and one at home and it's a nice stand and it holds my iPad or my iPhone or whatever. And that's nice. Like when I'm working at the office, I often will have um, the iPad open next to it. If I've got a different set of data I want to look at and the stump does the job for that. Cool. Um, you, you guys use battery backups. Oh, a lot. well, we didn't used to. <laughs> that was something that I started implementing because we've got really wacky power in our building, and mine clicks on a couple of times a week. But is that like a Florida thing? I think it's. I think it's a California. Florida thing. I think it is a Florida thing. I mean, everybody talks about. I mean, Dave Hamilton. I know a lot of people who are like obsessive about battery backups, and I don't have one. I've never needed one. Wait, you don't have one? I don't have one. Zero battery backup. Please email David at MacPowerUsers.com and explain to him why he needs a battery backup. I mean, that yeah. is that is just so... I mean, don't you guys have power, like, brownouts and stuff? And no. I, you don't no. have surges and spikes and lightning and weather and, and things that I, just randomly turn off for seconds and come back? I don't think so. <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. I mean, this is like I, very, a daily occurrence here. Very, very rarely. Um, occasionally, like, and it might be in the middle of the night, and I'll wake up and the clocks are blinking, maybe once every couple of years. We once had a power spike that wiped out one of the drives in my Drobo, and I just replaced it and everything was fine. But See, oh, that thing happened. I, I, I have a power surge protector, like, on my house, and then I have three of these things, and then I have these little things all around. Oh, my goodness. Oof. I think things are different in Florida than California. I mean, we you're, we, you're, we apparently have that figured out here or maybe because the weather is better. I don't know. But you're just living on the edge. I, I am, but I don't feel it because I've I've never felt a need for one. Okay. I okay. think I upset you. I Good can tell you that. sound you sound angry. Good luck with that. I can't <sighs> wait to say I told you so. I, you? I, you're, all your stuff's going to blow up. It's just going to explode one day. I'm going to um not put one on just so you can say I told you so. All right. I hope you have insurance. All right. All right. What have you got at your office? Um I've got uh, so my original the, the first scan snap I ever bought was the S500M which is like two or three models ago. Yeah, I actually I I've handed that down to my dad now. He's still using that. Works it great. still works like a trooper and I've yeah. got it in my office and it still does the job and so I've got one of those. I've got uh, so my, my general office setup is I use an iMac. I'm sorry, I use a my Retina MacBook Pro, but there is a office PC, a lonely, headless office PC in the corner because there's a couple pieces of software that I need to access that are PC-based only. And I could do that through Parallels. And there's a couple things I could do, but it's just really easier to have the PC that's plugged into the network and just remote into it. So I use Jump Desktop to get into it, as I've talked about in the past in the show. So my general setup is I show up with a laptop and then there's a PC in the corner. A couple of years ago, um, uh, you know, I, I won a trial and the people at the office were really happy with me. And I'm like, great, now buy me a cinema display. So they did. And uh, so I have a Apple cinema display with the Thunderbolt in it, which is great. So I and I have that on a, on a desk that I built, actually. And so I've got the cinema display on top. I can just slide the 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 laptop in and plug in the Thunderbolt and I've got a nice setup and it's, it works really great. And with that, I have a magic trackpad and an Apple Bluetooth keyboard to make everything happen. 
I also have a standing desk in my office that I also built. And I, uh, a lot of times I'll just take the laptop over there and stand and try and get more steps in that way. Cause you know, when you're standing, you move around and then Fitbit is much happier with you. Right. Um, in terms the the other stuff that I've, I've got at the office, is another stump, uh, like I talked about earlier, I've got a jam box, you know, I, I really mm-hmm. like these jam boxes and it's great. I bought that when I bought the I, iPhone five because I, you know, I had a dock before and I said, I'm not going to buy another thing with a dock because who knows when something's going to change. And I like the idea of wireless connection. So everybody seemed to like the jam boxes. You like the jam box. So I bought one and it's a great little sound system in the office and I can move it around to whatever desk I'm working at. And I use it all the time. Everybody in my office thinks I'm a hippie uh, jazz freak. In fact, they make jokes about, you know, me, me smoking pot in my office and listening to jazz, which doesn't happen even though I have glaucoma. Um, and, and then there's audio because I, I, di- I dictate a lot. And so I've got a USB microphone that came with the Dragon Dictate box I bought. Uh, I bought a Bluetooth microphone, which is, boy, I didn't write down the name. It is, I will look it up and talk about it later. And, uh, and then I have a Sony IC recorder, which I bought last year. And it's a um, about a hundred bucks. And it's a really nice digital recorder and it's got a USB port built, a USB mail plug built right into it with a little lever. So it slides right out when you need it and then you can close it when you don't need it. And it fits in my pocket. And I take that thing around with me everywhere. When I'm driving around in the car, I dictate into it when I'm, you know, all the time I dictate into this thing, dictate, dictate. And then, then I go into drag and dictate and there's a transcription button in the newest version, version three. So I can plug in that Sony recorder copy the wave file off the recorder onto my desktop and I can transcribe it all with drag and dictate. And that's a really great workflow for me. So that's the stuff I have at work. Cool. I, yeah. Hmm. We're, what, we're what, thinking about what? work. What now, are you thinking I'm, about I'm, now we're, we're thinking about going the, um, the automated dictation transcription route at our office, but we, we still have our assistants do that. So I'm just wondering oh, how you mean like having the computer do it. Yeah. Having the computer do it versus having people do it. Well, everybody else in my office has people do it. I don't, I, I do it myself. I've got the software and it's done and back for me immediately. And part of it is because I'm a control freak. I want to be the person proofreading and making, you know, I don't know. It's hard for me to let go. I have issues. Mm-hmm. So, but, but this works really good for me because I've got the dictation there immediately and I, I dictate everything. I dictate billing entries. I dictate letters. I dictate emails to friends. I, I just do all of that stuff. And then I've got this long text file. We did a show on dictation ages ago, which we'll probably have to do again at some point because it's all changed since then. But one thing that hasn't changed is my my idea of making a long dictation file, just kind of a running dictation. Maybe there's a day one entry in the middle of it. So I've got all this stuff and it just drag and dictate just prepares it for me. And then I go and do some put it where it belongs and put it where it belongs and process yeah. it. Cause we've, really got, we've wish... got these little handheld recorders that I've talked about that aren't really Mac friendly, but with a combination of scripts and automated workflows, I, I make it work. And I just, I like walking around when I dictate it for whatever reason. I, I don't like sitting still and dictating. So I'll walk around my office. I'll walk up and down the hallways or whatever. And I'll just dictate and people look at me like I'm crazy or dictate in the car or whatever. And then I send it back. No, that's that's me too, Katie. I'm walking around all the time. Another thing I use, and I guess this is getting a little off topic of gear, but 
there's Dragon has an iPhone app that is a microphone for Dragon Dictate. So if you've got Dragon Dictate running on your Mac, it uses the Wi-Fi connection to take the microphone from your phone and and push it into Dragon. So I'll use that as well. I'll walk around my office pacing around, talking into my phone, and the words show up on my on my Mac. It's, it's I, I like the dictation stuff, so I've got a bunch of it. But it's uh, I, I think the big takeaway for me in terms of hardware in the last year was the addition of this Sony recorder. And the mic and the Bluetooth mic, by the way, is called the Plantronics Callisto USB Bluetooth head, headset, which works great, but it's not as good as a hard wire because it's over Bluetooth and there's a little interference. And it's not as good as the Dragon Dictate phone app because that's over Wi-Fi, which has better fidelity. Yeah, I could um, I could get used to a, a Bluetooth headset. Hmm. One one of the other attorneys in our office has a wireless headset. It's not Bluetooth that she uses for her phone because she's on the phone all the time, and she'll be walking up and down the halls and talking. Yeah, to I people. do that too. I do that too. I had a case that um, fell apart on me. I was like, I almost had to settle. It was a big, big case, a lot of money involved, and. Something silly happened the day we were going to get it done. And I was on the phone for like four hours and I looked down at the end of the day and I had like 12,000 steps because I literally (laughs) walked around my desk all day trying to cajole people into taking off their crazy pants and figuring out, you know, what they needed to do. Yeah. Okay. That's my office. All right. You want to talk about uh, mobile gear? All right. Let's do that. All right. Mobile gear. And we get we get asked more often than anything else about what what our mobile gear is. So let, let's talk a little bit about what, what we do with specifically with our iOS devices. And I, I think you and I are both similar in that neither of us have cases on our iOS on our on our iPhones at least, right? Yeah, I I don't have a case. I don't I go naked. Yeah. Now I am a fan of the invisible shield. You have you have nothing, nothing, nothing on them, right? Well, I have the Apple Care. That's we have what Apple I call my, my invisible shield, right? <laughs> if I, do, I drop I, it, they'll give me a new one. I do have Apple Care on mine too. Although I do like, I have the Invisible Shield HD on mine, and I've got that on the front and back. I did try, and for what it's worth, I tried the Invisible Shield Extreme this time with the iPhone five, and I did not like it at all. And the Invisible Shield has this thing where you can, they'll they'll replace them if you register them with InvisibleShield.com or Zag.com, I think is what it is. So I always do. And at some point, I just sent it back to them and said, just send me the the HD one back, and they will as long as it's of equal or lesser value. So I put the HD one back on, and unless you really look at it, you can't tell that there's a there's a case on it. But I like it because it just kind of protects it from little little nicks here and there. It doesn't offer any side protection, so I do have a few little nicks on the side. But unless you look, you can't tell. And I like it because I think it makes the phone easier to grip. I think it makes it less slippery, which in turn has made me less likely to drop it. So that's why I like the Invisible Shield for the phone. And the fact that I don't have to worry about scratching up the aluminum on the back. But I have the um, the white iPhone, so I think it's a little less prone to scratching. Have you found that your black is all scratched up then? It's getting pretty scratched up. Mm. Okay. But, you know, it, I don't care. Yeah. And and the fact is, Katie, I, I have to admit, the new iPhone comes out, I'm going to get it. It just happens every time. I, I have a family of four, and I pay for iPhones for several of the people in this house. And one of the privileges of spending way too much money on a cellular bill every month is we always have an available upgrade. So, and, and everybody understands that dad gets the new one and there's a cycle. So, you know, see, I don't, I, 
I tend to keep mine two years for the cycle because it's it's pretty expensive to to upgrade out yeah. out of the out of the cycle. So I tend but to if, keep mine. But if you had a a bunch of people living with you and, and oh you were yeah, for if, their if I had, if I had a kid, <laughs> man, that first off that kid get an iPhone pretty early because because Mama wants to be on the. On the and I'd make sure they were on an off year for me. I'd make sure. No, honey, you can't get an iPhone until next year because I'm upgrading this year. My kids are fine with that. It's funny because I wouldn't give my first one a, an iPhone until she got to high school because I just felt like, you know, it was an expensive device and you don't need one of those things until, you know, you're a little bit older. And it, it drove her crazy because all her friends had, you know, smartphones and she had this little, you know, burner phone. And then the younger one got old enough to need a phone because she she goes she sings and she's in a lot of plays and stuff. So we need to you know keep track of her. And I was going to go get her a burner phone, and she was in fifth grade at the time. And and I was looking at the pricing, and for it, it looked like because I already have a family plan for essentially, I think it was fifteen dollars more a month. She could have had an iPhone, and I thought about it. I thought you know with an iPhone and find friends. I can know where she is at all times. And how much would I pay for that if I was looking for her? And I decided to get her an iPhone. Well, that made the older one crazy. Oh, I mean, just I've been insane. There. I've been there. Because <laughs> I'm the older child and my little brother got everything yeah. younger. But, than you I know, was. that's the way we live today. So I'm going to get the new iPhone. when it comes. I don't know. It may be called an iPhone S and not look any different, but I'll probably get one. Now, I do have a case on my iPad, and I've been through a few different ones. Initially, I had the smart cover, and then I put an invisible shield on the back of it. And I just didn't really like the smart cover. And I've subsequently, I've replaced it with, I've got the, I think you pronounce it Marware, Marware M-A-R-W-A-R-E, CEO case. And I like it because it's it's professional looking. It's kind of, I think it is leather or, or pleather. And um, it's black, so it's it's something that, that looks professional. And it's got multiple configurations, so you can use it in portfolio, or you can flip it sideways, or you can flip it so it'll, you know, they've, they've all kind of got this, this multifunction ability now. The only thing I don't like about it is it's a little thick, but I guess the upside of that is I feel like I can toss it in a bag or, or throw it on a table or whatever. But I've ended up liking it. I, I wish it was a little bit thinner. I mean, in a, in a perfect world, I would really like to have a, a super sleek case for my um, iPad. And that's why I initially got just the, the, um, oh boy, what's it called? The, the little, the little um, flip case that Apple has, but I, I ended up not liking it. What do yeah. you have? Smart cover. Smart cover, smart cover. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do, you know, I, I have an obsession with bags and cases, even though I don't put one on my phone. Uh, I've got a couple for my iPad. I've got for the mini, I've got the Waterfield uh, sleeve case. And Waterfield is at SF Bags. I'm going to talk about them later because I really like some of the stuff they have. But the one I have for my my big iPad, the iPad I use the most, is a Dodo case. And I bought that uh, last year, and it's held up pretty well. You know, Dodo is the company that made these kind of look like book binding cases. Are you familiar with them? Was, weren't those called the book cases? Or I thought they were just called the book or whatever, but okay. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It, well, no, that those are the one. That's a different device. Uh, I forget okay. who makes that one. It looks like a literally looks like a library book. No, right. The, the uh, Dodo cases are they're bound like books, but they're definitely iPad cases, and it doesn't really do a very good job of propping it up. But it's a it's a nice case, and I I went a little nuts. I got um some I got some some words put on the outside and my initials, and I, I made it a, a nice one. So I, I really like it. 
Um, oh, yeah. They've got like the Los Angeles, the New York, the San Francisco. Those may just yeah. be series. I don't know if you've got that. No, but it, it's nice. And uh, so I, I'm happy with that case for my phone, my iPad, and I can pop it out of there. I like using the iPad without the case a lot as well. So it's a nice way to carry it around. It doesn't take up a lot of bulk. It's it's fairly protective. And when I want to pull it out, it's not a big deal. And what else do I have? So, so you basically, with the essential of the, I'm sorry, with the, with, without, except the Dodo case, you basically don't have cases on your devices. You just, you have them in sleeves or bags. Yeah, generally. Oh, okay. Generally. And, and a lot of times I use the Dodo case like a sleeve because a lot of times I pull it out. Um, I also have a Logitech ultra thin keyboard. So, you know, like I, I have this fixation with keyboards and, um, so I have that one as well, which is, it's a cover case. That's also a keyboard. It's a little, the keys are a little bit more compressed, but you can type on it and it can work in a jam. And I use that sometimes. I kind of vary between that and the Apple Bluetooth keyboard. And you were talking earlier about losing keys off your Bluetooth keyboard. When you carry it around, I bought this origami case, which I know I've talked about on the show, but it's a little case for the Apple Bluetooth keyboard. And when you open it, it, uh, turns into origami style it turns into a a cradle for the i for the ipad as well as holding the, the keyboard so it essentially creates a nice little workstation the advantage of the logitech uh, ultra thin is that you can use it on your lap which you can't do with the apple bluetooth keyboard so depending on where i'm going i'll use one or the other and the other thing about the logitech is you have to charge it with a micro usb which i don't like because i don't always have micro usb with me whereas you know, double A batteries are pretty easy to find. Yeah. So you were, you were talking a lot about bags. And so that kind of gets us into, well, when we, when we take a bag and we throw a bunch of stuff into it, what are the bags that we take and what's the gear that we take with it? And so I think we can talk about that, but maybe before we do, you want to talk about our next sponsor? Yeah, definitely. And the, the next sponsor is Hover. Uh, Hover is simple, pressure-free domain management. I've been using them for years so the next time you come up with a great idea and you want to buy a domain, don't go anywhere else. Just go to Hover. Uh, my daughter, in fact, has decided she's going to become an entrepreneur because she's doing so much video. She's going to start a little business to do videos for like kids parties and stuff in the neighborhood. And she wants to do a website and she's coming up with a name. And I think it's a great experience for her. So we're going to, you know, we're going to go to Hover and buy the domain later today. And it's an easy interface. It's got minimal cross-sell. You know, they don't try and jam a bunch of other stuff down your throat and they don't give you a bunch of difficult decisions. Sometimes you sign up for these domain services and they have you ask you so many questions about additional services. You're not even sure if you need them or not. And before you're done, you end up spending $70 on on a simple domain that was that you were told would only cost five. Uh, You don't get that at Hover. They give you what you need with the system. They don't try and, and power sell you a bunch of other stuff. Domain privacy is baked right in. And they've got outstanding customer support. And I don't just mean that. We get so many emails from listeners who talk about these great stories about dealing with Hover customer support where they say, hey, I don't understand or my prior domain service is being really difficult. Uh, And Hover steps right in and helps them. Uh, The company is about good intentions and great execution. I actually got to meet some of the Hover people recently when I went to that 5 by 5 meetup uh, up in L.A. Mm Mm-hmm. These are really nice people. You know, they're Canadians. They're they're always friendly, right? And and they really want to do the service right. And a business, you know, domain sales has always been kind of sketchy. In fact, we had this email from a listener who said that he wasn't sure whether or not he wanted to use uh, Hover until he went to their website and looked at their tutorials. 
And they actually have a tutorial on their site on how to move off hover, you know, <laughs> you know, and he says, that's when I knew this wasn't the usual skanky domain service. That was the, the word he used in his email. I wrote it down because I thought it was so funny. But, you know, Hover is a great business. They also do email. So, like, I have all my Max Sparky email through Hover. It's an IMAP account. Works solid. I have it on all my devices. And go check them out. Uh, you can you can get a discount. It's, I believe, Mac Power Users. Mm-hmm. Is there spaces on that or not? I always nope. forget. It's all together that- one word. So you can either go to Hover.com slash Mac Power Users or just enter coupon code Mac Power Users at checkout. And you'll get 10% off your order. Yeah. So if you've always been scratching your head about what to do about domain services, scratch your head no longer. Just go to Hover and use it. Let them know you heard about it from us. And good luck with whatever you're going to do with that domain you're buying. Yeah. Thanks, Hover. All my stuff is with them. So I, I appreciate them supporting the show. So let's talk about all of our travel bags and all the stuff that we've got in them. Oh, you know, I forgot. There's one iOS thing I want to talk about. Oh, okay. It, it's the Kingston Y drive. And I really like this thing. It's a 32 gigabyte SSD and it's got a, it's got a Wi-Fi radio in it. And so it creates its own little network. So when you're going on a trip and you want to bring a bunch of movies for the kids, but you don't want to load up your iPad, you can put them on the Y drive. And so you can, they have, I think they've got a 64 gigabyte model now too, but the 32 is fine for me. So I put a bunch of data on there. And just put it in my bag. And then when I want to use it, I, I push the button on it. It starts broadcasting Wi-Fi. Then I, it's got an app on the iPad, which pairs with it. And then they can watch their movies. And I don't have to have used up all that space. It, it's really great for trips because a lot of times I'll just bring my iPad and I want to save all my photos to my iPad. So I want to have plenty of space. But it's a trip. So the kids want to watch, you know, Brave or Wally or whatever. Or maybe I want to watch Wally. But so the uh, it's a great little device. And that's one worth checking out, too. Oh, yeah. And it's Y like Wi-Fi. Like yeah. W-I-Drive. W-I hyphen D-R-I-V-E. Y-Drive. And they're not that expensive. How much is it now? I think I paid about 60 for mine. Yeah. It looks like they're they're less than that. I'm looking it up on Amazon now. Yeah. Yeah. I like that because you don't, you don't need that much. I've, I've looked at some of these and I've looked and one of the most of the ones that I've looked at have all been like, you know, terabyte hard drives and things like that. And, and I just don't need that. Yeah, well, this and it, it's wireless. You know, it's just a it's a Wi-Fi hotspot with a bunch of your data connected to it. I, yeah. I also have done it like when I go. Sometimes I travel for a big trial, and I will, and I've got a lot of data. I'll put a bunch of research stuff back on that as well. So, I mean, you can use it in a lot of ways, but the best use for me is movies with the kids. Yeah, and it looks like it's about the size of one of these battery backup units for Yeah, it's very skinny. I mean it's it's SSD, it's just chips in there. So it's it it's not much to carry and it's very light. It's lighter than it looks. Yeah, it looks like they've got a newer version and it's it's seventy two dot bucks over at Amazon. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, very cool. Well, I think we both use the same um kind of everyday bag for our laptops. And do you still using the Ristrodo from Tom Ben? No, no, I moved on. Oh, moved on. I, um, so I found this, this company, uh, Waterfield that's sfbags.com. And this is a, uh, this is a way too expensive bag. I think I paid like $200 for it, <laughs> but, uh, it's called the Musetto M U Z E T T O. And the people at my work say it makes me look like a homeless person, which gives me all the more reasons to carry it. And it was recommended to me by Connor. 
Oh, I remember when Connor recommended it to you. It was at, um, I think it was at Allison's party at Macworld. He had yeah. one. Yeah. So I, I bought one. And the one complaint I had about it was the strap was digging in my shoulder because I'm carrying around a 15-inch MacBook Pro and an iPad and a couple other things in it. So I went and bought off Amazon a guitar strap pad. You know, like if you're playing guitar, it's like a gel pad. And it just got Velcro on it and I put it on the strap and it works just great. And I use that bag all the time. Uh, when I travel, I use the Tom Ben backpack. But for my which one have you got? Stuff, they've got a couple of backpacks. Uh, Smart Alec, I think it's called. Let okay. It up yeah. Quick. Yeah, they've got in a fact, Smart Alec. We're recording this show a little early. I'm going up to uh, to Portland. In fact, I'll be back when the show airs, and I'm just going to take the Smart Alec. That'll be that'll. I'm not even bringing my Pelican. I'm just going really light for this trip. Hmm. How about that's you? That's all. That's all you're taking is the Smart Alec. All your clothes and all your. I think you can do it. I can do it. My my wife is giving me grief about it. She's, yeah, I heard about that. She, yeah. <laughs> she, she her, her response was, I'm not carrying any of your stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm still using the Ristretto, and that is my, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. That is my everyday bag for my 13-inch MacBook Air. And it will also fit a 13-inch MacBook Pro. And it's just the right size that you can throw the 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 MacBook in there and then you can throw, you know, some pins and a pad of paper or a magazine or, you know, a few other things and not weight it down. But I think you absolutely need to get the absolute strap. Um, it's 20 bucks extra, but it is the strap that they've got with it is fine. But the absolute strap is just one of the most comfortable straps that I've ever used. And, and if you're especially going to be lugging it around, like I've lugged this around Macworld and I've lugged it around, um, you know, other conferences. And if you're going to be lugging it around, as David said, even if it's a, a MacBook Air, that weight can start to get heavy and you're you're going to hope that you have a nice strap. And then they've got the same bag that I, I like so much that I bought the exact same bag for my iPad. So if I'm traveling somewhere and I'm just taking the iPad with me, then I'll take the iPad version of the bag and I've still got enough room to, to throw a few small things in there as well. But um, I've also got on the way uh, the Synapse bag from Tom Ben, which is a backpack, which is a little bit smaller than the Brain bag and the Smart Alec. And I specifically picked this bag because it's still got enough room, and you can put um, you can put a 13 inch, or you can put a, a you can put a laptop in it, and they've got this rail system that you can um, you know clip in a laptop, and you can use a, a laptop in it. But it's it's still got a, a good bit of space in it. But it's it's really well weighted, and it's it's made out of really nice material. So you can throw like a water bottle in it. it. It's like, it's not an overwhelmingly large backpack. So it's a backpack that you can, you can still throw your MacBook in and some other stuff and some clothes and, but, but it's not one of these ginormous backpacks that you feel like you're lugging everything you own on your back. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I feel that way about the smart Alec. It's, it's not too big. It's, but it's, it's just fine for carrying a 15 inch MacBook pro. And it, in fact, Tom Ben does some really great stuff. They've, they've got these, um, these components that fit in their bag. Like in mine, I've got what they call the brain box, I believe. And it's this padded solid box that I, that my, my MacBook pro fits in. So it's like this separate layer of protection inside my bag. So if I drop it, it's really going to be just fine. And, uh, I'm a big fan of, of the Tom Ben stuff. Yeah, and the the build quality is just beyond belief. I mean, yeah, I mean you, I've I've, you've them. got bags that are years and years and years old that you just dust off and they look like they're brand new. I'm and and the zippers always work and just I've just never had any issues with their stuff. Yeah, when I'm going on my trip this summer, I'm actually spending a day in Seattle, so I'm going to try to make it up there to go see them because that's where they they'll ship all around the world, but that's where their only store is is up in Seattle. So hopefully, I'll make it up there. 
I also have a little bag that I carry around. It's a, I think it's called a Keen, K-E-E-N. I think it's like a shoe company, but I think I was at Target one day or something and it was, it was cheap. And I use that bag surprisingly a lot. It's, it's just kind of a nice size pouch bag. It kind of reminds me, you know, in my head of Indiana Jones, because he had that bag he wore that he carried his, his stuff in. I want one like that. In fact, I want one just like Indiana Jones bag. If I, if in a perfect world, but either way, the keen bag works so I can drop an iPad, a Bluetooth keyboard, whatever in there. And, and it works or my camera or, you know, it just carries, you know, it's just a big pouch. So what kind of stuff do you throw in these bags? I mean, I, what do you, what do you put in them? Do you, do you regularly keep that Y drive in there or is there stuff that you always kind of carry with you? Yeah. In my, um, in my day daily bag, I've got, you know, the Musetto from from Waterfield has a couple zippered pouches. I don't one of the things I don't carry is a power supply. Mm. I have a power supply at work and I have one at home and I have one in the trunk. But I almost never use the one in the trunk. It's just like kind going, of your emergency backup power supply. Yeah, well, if I'm going to trial or something, I will I obviously carry it then, but for the most part, when I'm out of the office, I do work on the iPad and I just don't need to carry a, a power supply around with me. And so that's not in there, but I do have um, a projector connection because you just never know. Right. I have a little tiny remote. I have two remotes. I have a really nice one and I have a kind of a tiny one, but I carry the tiny one with me just in case. Um, I carry a, a stylus, even though we're not supposed to need it. I do like having a stylus once in a while. In fact, I use the Jot Touch, which has got a little Bluetooth connection. So it's pressure sensitive which is great when you're working in PDF pen and you're highlighting PDFs. Um, I carry um, on my keychain. I carry that little thumb drive we talked about last week, the Merlin man special. Um, the the I, tough and tiny. Yeah. The tough and tiny. There you go. I, I don't carry that much stuff with me. You know, I carry my laptop. I always carry extra index cards and a couple pens. Oh, and I also carry quite often. I have a, uh, a brick style battery for iOS. And a lot of times that's in my bag just in case. Yeah. I've got one of those too. I've, my happens to be a, um, a Mophie and I think I got it like on a black Friday special and it happens to be the last generation one where, you know, that now they've got newer ones, but it's, you know, it's fine. It's enough to charge an iPhone a couple of times and it will trickle charge an iPad. It's not great for an iPad, but you know, it's, it's good enough. Uh, Mono price has a pretty nice battery that if you're looking for one and you can't find one on sale somewhere, check out the Mono price battery. I just bought my dad one for um, father's day. That's got um, dual USB, so you can charge two things at once, and that's a that's a nice size. It's about the size of a deck of cards, and I keep that in my travel bag. And then I have, um, depending on what I'm doing, I either have retractable cables, and Skosh sells these retractable cables. Um, I've got a retractable lightning to USB cable. I've got a retractable uh, USB to 30 pin cable, and then I've got a retractable. Um, cable that that's kind of an interesting. It's like a Y cable. It's got on on one end that retracts. It's got USB, but then on the other end that retracts, it's it's got the well. It's, I guess it's more like a T. It's got a, it comes to a T, and it's got a micro on one end and a mini on the other end. Um, but how then, often do you use it? What do you mean? How can you use it? How often do you use it? How, oh well, it's kind of just in my bag, and yeah. when I need to, you know, how you said that you don't usually travel with a with a mini or a micro USB. I've, I've you know, it's like my when I have a to upload things from a digital camera, that's usually a micro, a mini USB, and then everything else these days tends to be micro. So I've got that. But the other thing I have that I've I've picked up 
that I I like are these these mini cables. I think they're called cable stubs. Yeah, and those are great. I don't have a lightning one yet. If I could find a lightning, I'd buy another complete set and keep one in each bag and that kind of, you know, forget the need to have these um to have these retractable cables. But I think Belkin has a six inch lightning cable now. I might pick that up. Well, actually, what I just picked up is, um, have you seen this lightning cable on a keychain? Yeah, I'm afraid I'd lose it. Well, it's it's 25 bucks, and um, I'll put a link in it to the show notes. It, it's um, I'm not going to put it on a keychain, but I'm just going to use it as a mini cable. But it's a it's a it's a really short, I think, three inch lightning cable. And so I've got a, a three inch lightning cable, a three inch thirty pin cable, and a three inch um, micro and I think micro and mini cable. So. I used to, you know, I used to carry a lot more with me and I, I realized at some point that I never used any of the stuff I was carrying around. So what I've done now is I've got a, a plastic bin that I put like all the travel related stuff in. And every time I'm going to make a trip, I'll just turn the bin upside down on my bed and look through it and I'll take a bunch of stuff on the trip. But for the day to day stuff, I don't, I don't do that much. And I, I do keep in my car kind of a little emergency kit of stuff, which I almost never use, but it's, that seems to work for me. I, I'm trying to not carry as much gear as I used to. Yeah, I guess I probably don't carry as much as I as I let on I do. It's really just those cables and the battery backup from time to time. Yeah. It's just kind of in the bag. No, whatever. I mean, it, it, it when you need it, it's it needs to be there. <laughs> no question. You know, just. Yeah. Um, and then I do have an Airport Express. I don't carry it with me. You know, I like you, I have this larger bin of travel stuff that. You know, when I'm going on a trip that I'll go through and grab, you know, kind of the more, you know, that's where that's where I've got my airport express. That's where I've got my, you know, travel, um, travel power outlets and all that other stuff. Yeah, I bought I bought a because uh, I had a, like a four or five year old airport express, the the Walwart style one. I think it was a G speed. Right. And just just I don't know, like three or four months ago, I bought the new one when they came out with the new in speed one. And of course, now there's another speed ac but anyway and i just plug it in at the house upstairs and use it to repeat the signal and then when i go on trips and i want to you know broadcast wirelessly from the ipad to the apple tv i I start taking electronics out of our home that's probably another show and then everybody's going why doesn't the wi-fi work upstairs yeah no it still works but it's not doesn't work as well okay uh well we talked about our bags i think we need to move on to home tech yeah, yeah. I've got a few new new things at home that I've picked up. The 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 most interesting being the Nest. Yeah, I've talked about that on the show. I, I have one as well. I'm really happy. I got the second generation Nest. And uh, here's a tip. Keep an eye out. I found mine. Um, Amazon has this warehouse deal section of their store. And I found mine for like 50 bucks off in the warehouse deal section. And I, I, I suspect what happens with these is, although they try to be pretty upfront with what systems they'll work on, and if you go to their website and you can even send them a picture of the wiring and they'll tell you whether it'll work or not, I think there's still a good number of systems that it won't work on until people buy them and return them, and they can't sell them as new anymore. So I got a Nest, and that was a lot of fun. Before we started, uh, it's been – I'll do a blog post about this later, but I'm able to very um, get very granular in my programming of the Nest. and. 
especially living alone, I have a very set schedule. So I can program things like Sunday morning, I always go to the gym for a class so I can program and then I go to the grocery store thereafter. So I can program it to turn it up for two hours on Sunday morning and then turn it back down. And then Sunday night, we all have dinner as a family over at my mom's house. So I set it to turn down or turn it back up for a couple hours on Sunday morning and then turn down or Sunday night and turn down when I get back home. And so I've got a real specific program with the Nest that wouldn't have been popular or possible with, with other thermostats. But then even simple stuff like we're recording this show on the 4th of July, so which is normally I'm I'm not here, and so it's got a different program, but I went into the office for a couple hours this morning, and so the Nest was turned up as it normally is. And I just, you know, about 30 minutes before I came home to record, I just logged in with my iPhone. I popped up the iPhone app, and I, I turned the thermostat back down to like 70, 78, knowing that I'd be heading home and it was nice and comfortable when I got here. Yeah. So we're not nearly as organized because my house is basically uncontrolled anarchy almost all of the time, but the nest is really nice and it does have motion sensors. So when we leave, it knows to turn things up or down depending on what the weather is. And it's really nice being able to, you know, leave like a family event and see, Hey, it's really hot at our house and turn the air conditioning on. So it's cool when we get home which yeah. is really nice. It, it's it's just a really great device. It's it's well engineered and the software is really nice and you know if you want to get yourself a a nerdy thermostat, this is the one. Now, did you install yours yourself? Yeah, it really was no trouble. Yeah, it was fine. Um the other thing that I installed myself, I I happened to put these in my kitchen cuz I I like them kind of counter countertop is USB wall outlets. And I, I looked around and tried to figure out a good place to put them. And I finally settled on the kitchen because that's where I tend to set my stuff. And I wanted something counter height. And so I've got a couple of U- these USB wall outlets in my kitchen. And I've got um, I've got USB plugs in the drawers of my kitchen. You know, people open up to get a fork and there's not a fork. It's a, it's a lightning cable. That's kind of awesome. Yeah, it happens. You've never invited me over, so I wouldn't know. Well, I keep my lightning cables right next to my forks. Yeah. That makes sense. Just in case. Just in case. <laughs> I, I've looked at those USB wall outlets. I'm going to have to do one one of these days. I haven't done it yet. It's a pretty simple install. I mean, if you're comfortable installing a light switch or, you know, yeah. it's like two screws. Four, Just turn four off the screws. power first. Do turn, turn off the off. power first or you'll get a little That's bit That's usually of... a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Jambox. You got a Jambox in your house? I did. I, I bought a Jambox at Christmas time and I use mine in the bathroom. Okay. Do I we think need... that's a good place. Is that a good place to stop? No, I, no. I, mean, I use I put mine in the bathroom sometimes too. And I um, it's kind of my morning ritual when I'm getting ready. Is I I've got a playlist of podcasts that I listen to every morning. I I listen to Evening Edition from the night before, and I listen to Mac OS Ken, and um, maybe I'll listen to Tech News Today or something if if I've got some extra time. And so I've got a morning playlist of podcasts, and I don't want to take my iPhone in the bathroom with me where it might be all steamy. And from the shower. And so I'm not going to go into any more detail, but that way the iPhone can stay outside when I can just Bluetooth into the jam box and it, you know, do my morning ritual and listen to podcasts. Are you blushing again? I'm not blushing. Are you? No. I, I don't know. You kind of sound like it. Oh uh, yeah. It's great. I think if you brush your teeth for the length of one OS, Mac OS Ken, you'd, you'd really have good teeth. At the end. <laughs> or it's no not too teeth, long because they'd what? all be they'd all be like worn down no, they're like 10 15 minutes <laughs> yeah but uh, the, um yeah okay you, and uh you've got the uh the 
wall outlet surge protectors, more surge protection. Lots of surge protection. I have surge protectors on my stuff. I just don't have the, you know, auto battery thing. Mm. APC, what do you call it? Yeah. Well, I like the APCs because that keeps your stuff from shutting down. But for stuff that's not quite as important, it doesn't matter if it shuts down, you know, momentarily. Belkin's got some, um, I'm pretty sure it's Belkin. Yeah. Belkin's got some small surge protectors that are designed to just plug into wall outlets. And it's one of those things where you plug it directly into your wall outlet. And then you, instead of getting two plugs, you get six plugs. But it also gives you some surge protectant. And I've plugged those into things where, number one, I need more outlets. And number two, I've kind of got ex- more expensive stuff in, but I can't really justify putting an APC in. So I've got those like on the wall where I've got my TV and my guest room plugged in. I've got that plugged in where I've got my microwave plugged in. I've got one plugged in where I've got my washer and dryer plugged in. It just makes, and they're pretty cheap. I mean, they're like eight to 10 bucks and I don't know how much good they're doing, but it makes me feel better. Yeah. See, I bought a higher rated one for my computer setup. Oh yeah. My computers all have APCs on them. But see, I don't have that. Yeah. I don't have that. Yeah. Does that make you angry? It, it, well, Be honest. Yeah, whatever. Good luck. I, I um I bought the Hue light bulb system. Can you believe that I bought a I, light bulb system? Exp- explain that to me. Explain <laughs> that to me. <laughs> I don't I total, don't understand what it does. It was a Father's Day thing, and you know what? I'm really enjoying it. We have three lamps in our in our bedroom. Now this is getting creepy, right? So I can change the color of the light in the bedroom. So I've got. <laughs> wait a second. I'm not going to say I'm anything. Uh, oh, no, but boy. you know, like. Like there's like a re there's temperature of light. So you can do like reading is more yellow, whereas, you know, energizing is more white. So you can control all of that from the iPhone and it's, it's really nice. And you can set them on timers and they've got attachments to IFTTT, uh, if this, then that, and you can go crazy with colors. I mean, my kids uh, bought this app that, that attaches to the who bulbs and they can play music and in the room, the um the lights will like change based on the sound of the music. So like it's not unusual for me to walk in my bedroom and see my kids dancing on my bed with the lights going off. I, I don't know what the neighbors think is going on in my house, <laughs> but we're having a lot of fun with it. So that's kind of cool. Uh, okay. Um, well, l- let me back up. You're what, not going to let me move on. Are you? N- n- what would, be, <laughs> what would be a practical use for the Hue light bulb system? Well, you know, it's, it's, it what is would home I automation. It it's okay. home automation. Like I, if I work, um, I work a lot at this computer. I write books. I do podcasts. So I, I spend a lot of time sitting at this computer and I adjust the light based on the time of day with the temperature of the light. So it makes it easier on my eyes for one. Um, I have, it's like a Wemo in a sense where I have a rule that turns one of the lights on every night at dusk. So when I come into my room, I can see. Um, I can turn the lights off and on from outside of the room. I, I, I don't know. I think it's a, it's a nice geeky thing. I mean, I'm not sure it's worth the 200 bucks I paid for it or whatever it costs, but I enjoy it and it's fun. And like I say, walking in your room and watching your kids dance on the bed to color no, that's, music that's is, worth it. is kind of priceless, you know? Yeah. Now I don't, um, I don't know if this is just in my particular area, or maybe it's a Florida thing, like you said. We don't have a lot of lamps. I mean, all of my, or, or for primary lighting. I mean, our lamps can be like secondary lighting, but I mean, I have a lamp on my desk, but all of my lighting is is up in the up in the ceiling. I don't have any yeah. lamps that are, are primary lighting. So I don't know See, how, I, how well this would work in my house. I don't either. 
I don't either, but we have, I actually paid, I have an older house. I had, I paid somebody to put some of those can lights in, right. in downstairs, but in my bedroom, it's all lamps. And frankly, the room was always too dark. And when I bought these, it, I went and bought a, a third lamp, which really the room needed. So it, it's nice. It's well lit. I don't know. I like it. It's fun. Now I can't oh, really justify it, but it is fun. On that same note, you've you've got a Wemo that you've talked about, and I want to hear more about. I I've got a Wemo on my my wish list because I've got a lamp that's kind of in my entryway of my house, and I um I want to put this lamp in my entryway because I want to um you know especially if I'm going to be gone for a little while I I want to have the lamp you know turn on for a couple hours turn off for a couple hours and I know you can get those timers like at Home Depot and just have a lamp turn on and turn off but why would you do that when you can spend so much more money and get a Wemo to do it for you? Well, also a Wemo can be smarter. And so, you know, I, I'm into home automation and this stuff is really growing. This has kind of been a, an ongoing theme on our show. I don't know if there is a show in it or not because we've already talked about so much of it, but so the Wemo plugs into the wall and then you plug a lamp or something into it and then it's on the internet. And so you can control it with an app. So like when you're driving home, you can open the app, push a button and the the light in your front hallway turns on so you don't walk into a dark home. They also have sensors. So you can put a sensor there. So if somebody walks, you know, past it, the light turns on. So you know, it also attaches to if this, then that. For example, and I know I've, I've talked about this before, so I'm sorry if you've already heard this. But when we did the holiday lights on the house, I put the Wemo on the switch and I use an if this, then that rule that turned the holiday lights on when it got dark because the Internet knows where I live and it knows when it gets dark where I live and then leave them on for three hours and turn them off. And that was really, you know, it was really painless. So they didn't turn on too early and they turned off at a decent time and I didn't have to think about it. Uh, the more of this stuff I can get in my life where I can take those problems out of my life and move on to dealing with all the other piles of stuff I've taken on the better. So that's why I like the Wemo and the Hue light bulb system is very similar to that, but it can change colors, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Wemo is really more flexible because you can plug anything into it. You can plug your toaster into it. You can, you know, anything you want, plug your television into it. Or if there's something you want, uh, some people use it with their curling iron. So if they, you know, if you freak out, you know, like, did I turn it off or on? You can, you can unplug it virtually with a Wemo. Yeah, that's, I guess that's kind of the proverbial to, oh my gosh, did I leave my iron, uh, my curling iron on? Yeah. Well, I mean, I know you I, have that problem all the time. All the time. Yes. All the time. In fact, yeah. I, I might have left it on this morning. I'm not sure right now. I better go check. You, well, you can just click the click the little button on your Wemo. Yeah, I need to do that. Yeah. So um, I have two of those Wemo switches. They cost $50 each. And, and so um, you've got one hooked up to a light and what's the other one hooked up to? Well, I've got one. We've got a front like you, we have a light in the front of the house and I like to turn it on when we're coming home at night. And then the other one is kind of um, rolling around. My daughter is using it currently, but we use it for the Christmas lights and, you know, it kind of moves around the house. Yeah. So the other thing I have that's kind of cool, and I think I did a blog post on this a while back, is I put some, um, the speakers, and these are the Audio Engine A2 speakers. They put out some pretty nice sound up above the kitchen cabinets in, in well, the cabinets in my kitchen. And the way that I did this is I knew that I, this was you know, kind of before, I, I didn't want to keep, you know, recharging Bluetooth speakers. And I knew I wanted something wired that had pretty decent sound because I, I spend a lot of time in the kitchen, you know, and I want to listen to podcasts or I want to listen to music and my kitchen is kind of centrally located. So if I'm sitting in my living room, you know, speakers from the kitchen are, are pretty decent and I wanted some good stuff up there. 
So I drilled this really tiny hole. In fact, I made the contractors who put the kitchen cabinets up drill it for me because I was afraid I'd like split the wood or something um, in the in the top of the kitchen cabinet. Because if you've if you've got a a microwave that's mounted up above your stove, you you likely have power up in those cabinets anyway. So I drilled a teeny tiny hole going up, and then I've got an Airport Express plugged into the same outlet as that microwave, which is why I've got that Belkland thing that you know gives me additional ports and also surge protects. And then I've got some speakers that are kind of hidden by the molding on the cabinet, and I've got the speakers plugged into the Airport Express, and that's all running down to the power that I use to, to power the microwave. So you can't see any wires or anything, and you can't see the speakers. These speakers are just sitting up in my kitchen cabinets. And then I, I can airplay to them. I can airplay to them with my iPhone. So I can sit and or stand in, in the kitchen and listen to podcasts or listen to music from my iPhone or whatever and just kind of go from room to room and change the music. Clever. Clever. Okay. Hey, um, let's talk about Squarespace. Yeah. Our last sponsor. Squares, I have been very, very happy with Squarespace. You know, I moved my site, katiefloyd.me, over from WordPress to Squarespace probably about a year or so ago, and I know you've been with them a lot longer. And Squarespace is everything that you need to build a fast, reliable website uh, with really no knowledge of HTML or coding. And if you have knowledge of HTML and coding and you want to customize your website far beyond that, it's fine. You can. But Squarespace has these beautifully professionally designed templates that you can pick from. But that's really only just a starting point. So you take these templates, you get your site started. If you've got a site somewhere else, like I had mine on WordPress, you can import in the content. And that's very simple to do. And all of a sudden, boom, you can be up and running with a website in 10 minutes or less, uh, depending on the type of plan that you've got. Um, you know, Squarespace can even give you a domain name. Or if you've got domain name registered somewhere else, you can link your domain name. In my case, I've got a domain name that I bought through Square or that I was given through Squarespace when I signed up for my um, account. And then I've got multiple other domain names that I've registered through Hover, one of our other sponsors, that I've linked to Squarespace. And they've got instructions on how you can do that. And then once you've got your content in and, and once you've got the basic template of your site, then you can start tweaking to your heart's consent. And that's one of the things that I like about Squarespace is that these aren't just cookie cutter sites um, where every single Squarespace site looks the same. In fact, you can take your site and you can do things like you can customize the background color, you can customize the font, you can customize the header, you can customize uh, if you have a navigation bar on what site is in and do you even have one at all. You can customize everything about your site practically just by uh, a few clicks and it's very simple. You know, you can move sliders and uh, it, it's just like painting on a palette uh, that Squarespace has created for you and make some very radical changes to your site and using their template, have your site look completely different from somebody else's site that's using the same template. And then if you want to get even geekier with your site, if you know CSS, if you know HTML, and if you want to get in there and customize some stuff, then you can customize even more. Like I decided to get brave and I decided to add some custom CSS to my site to tweak the headings on my site even beyond uh, the Squarespace template. So you can do that. And we've we had a lot of listeners who have come to us and have said, I've started using Squarespace because of your podcast. I, I love it. And um, listener Amy came to us and said, I, I want to talk about my site. She has a website called originsoffolkloredance.com. So I clicked over to Amy's site and I looked at it and it's beautiful. She set it up with Squarespace. And one of the things that I liked about Amy's site is she's got this custom background image. She's got a, a lot of photographs of, of this dance company that she set the site up for. She's got all of her social links in here. You can get their 
uh, Facebook page. You can link out to her resume. They've got lots of video that they've incorporated into their website. And I think, I'm not positive, I think that this site is built off the same template as my site. You've got a spot where you can subscribe to their mailing list and all this stuff. But I can't really tell because her site looks completely different than my site. You, you would just have no way of knowing that this was anything other than a custom website designed professionally by somebody. So Yeah, and I really like the way she did the galleries on her page. So if you want to see sample pictures, the, it automatically scrolls through the gallery for you. It's, it's a really well-done site, and I bet she didn't pay anybody to help her with this. Yeah, I think she I think she did it herself. And she's like you said, she's got video on there. She's got galleries on there. She's got a contact me page. Those are all modules that you can plug in with Squarespace without knowing any code whatsoever. So it's it's a great tool and they've got plans starting as low as eight dollars a month. Uh, So there's really no reason. Everything is 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 there. You pay Squarespace and they take care of it. You don't have to worry about getting a host. You don't have to worry about getting a domain. You don't have to worry about setting something up. You don't have to worry about something breaking because it's all self-contained and it it just works. Yeah. And if you buy it a year in advance, you get 20% off. And if you buy, if you use the Mac power users discount code, which is kind of hard to tell you when you're checking out, there's a little button that says apply coupon code or apply discount. Um, you want to say Mac Power Users in there as well, or actually, what is the? That's not yeah. right. What is the code this the, month? The coupon code this month is MPU seven because we're in the seventh month of the year. We're gonna to have to talk to them and do like Merlin does and get some funny codes. Yeah, like Wemo. Or Katie is angry. Or Katie's or Batleth. I don't know if people could spell Batleth. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but it's MPU seven, so it's not MPU seven. Yes. Great, great website. It's kind of like the Apple of web services. They just do it for you, and it works. Yeah. So uh, thanks, Squarespace, for uh, continuing to sponsor the show. Hey, uh, there's some other geeky favorite things that didn't fit in any category. And uh, we've got a couple of those. Do you want to go first? Uh, You can take this one. Okay, I've got some that have nothing to do with technology. Uh, The first one is my wallet that I just love. And I bought it. There's a there's a website called Saddleback Leather. And it's it's like briefcase porn. I mean, the stuff they have there is crazy. Um, and you know, you can buy like a $600 briefcase or whatever. I've never bought anything from them, but the leather, leather wallet sleeve, when I bought it, it was $8. And I think now it's like 12 or 13, but it's a piece of leather folded in half and stitched, but it's stitched really well. It holds together great. And I'm one of these guys who likes to carry very little with me. So the wallet just holds a few credit cards and some cash and I'm good. And I don't know, everybody always admires it when I pull it out. So I thought I'd share it with our listeners. Okay. How about you? This probably could have fit in the home category, but I'll I'll throw it in my other favorite things anyway, and that is the iHome alarm clock. You know, they've got a bunch of them on their website, but the thing that is, I've I've always used it. It's always been my alarm clock. I like it because you can set different alarms for different days of the week, and I like it because you can, you know, stick your, it's it's the place where my iPhone sleeps at night, and I just know where it is, and I always know that it's going to be charged in the morning. And recently, I've been using it with the 30-pin to lightning connector because, you know, it's been... 30 pin. But now they have just come out with this line of lightning iHome alarm clocks. So I'm looking forward to upgrading mine. And now you can even get them with dual. So I'm thinking about getting the um, the dual one so I can charge my iPhone and my iPad at the same time. I um, I got some new glasses about six months ago. 
or maybe a little bit longer. But for the longest time, I bought glasses on the Internet. You know, once you have your prescription, there's a lot of websites where you can go on and put in your prescription and they'll send you a pair of glasses. And they're they're not expensive and it works great, except for the fact that glasses are complete junk. And I, I got tired of getting glasses and having them break. Quite often they break at the hinge, you know, because I'm at that weird age where I can see okay reading a book but I need the glasses for distance. But when I would look down at a book with my glasses on, I can't see a damn thing. So I, I kept pulling them off. They kept breaking. And then I saw this article on uh, Jesse Thorne's put this on website, put this on.com, which is great kind of men's fashion site, I guess you'd call it. And there's these glasses called Dole, Dolabani, D O L A B A N Y Arnold, A R N O L D. I'll put the link in the show notes. And they cost me like 110 bucks, I think. And they use a 1950s design. They're riveted all the way through and they just stick to, they hold together. They're really great glasses. And I, I don't know. I just, is that too weird? Me talking no. about glasses on Mac Powers? But I, I like them. I just, I'm going to buy a second pair. So I've got two and I'm very happy with them. The other thing that I've gotten into recently and I've started replacing is um, all the batteries in my house. I've started replacing them with rechargeable batteries and I, I've done some research because some of the rechargeable batteries are just garbage. I think that I was, yeah, that's a fine word, garbage. They're just garbage. And the ones that I've really liked, and is it pronounced one loop or un, E-N-E-L-O-O-P, um, the batteries. And they've got a couple of different kinds, but I just I just get the standard generic ones. And they've got AA and AAA that'll fit in the standard charger. And then they've got these spacers. So if you need C or D size batteries that you can get the spacers for. But these are batteries that, that what's unique about them is they will hold a charge for a long time. So you can charge them up and then not use them for several months and they've still got a charge. So I've slowly but surely every time I buy batteries, I'm buying these batteries and they're a little bit more, you know, I mean, for an eight pack of, of AA batteries, it's about 16 bucks on Amazon. But then I'm using these batteries over and over and over and over and over again. And soon they're going to be the only batteries that I have. And the website says 1800 charging cycles. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, and you can throw them in a box and and keep them because they'll hold their charge for, you know, years, I think. And so they're they're pretty good for, you know, like remote controls because then they'll hold their charge until they're done. Now, that's kind of the bad thing is that when they're done, they're done, but I I always have a spare set charged up, so I just grab my spare set, throw them in my remote control and then, you know, throw these back in the charger. Hey, you know, I, I never thought that there's differences between these batteries. I figured they were all about the same. No, these are these are good. And then they've got like the superpower, they you know, the double X brand, which sounds dirty, but I don't think that it is. Um Do you do you use them? Well, never mind. I use the regular ones. <laughs> I don't use the double X batteries. And it's just fine. I almost went completely off the rails there. I just want you to know I stopped myself. I'm, I'm glad you stopped yourself. <laughs> should we uh should we end it there before you go off the rails? Again? Yeah, I think so. How do you find us, Katie? Uh, you can find links to everything that we talked about. Uh, there was a lot in the show. Um, in our show notes, lovingly crafted for you by JT over at MacPowerUsers.com or at 5x5.tv slash MPU slash 147 for this episode. You can also reach us by email or feedback at MacPowerUsers in case you're the 35th person that wants to tell me to buy a Sonos. That's the that's the address. Um, we're also on Twitter at MacPowerUsers. Katie's at, at Katie Floyd and I'm at Max Sparky. If you want to tweet David and tell him how silly he is for not using surge protectors or battery backups on any of his devices, 
I think that would be an excellent I, thing to do. I use surge protectors. I just don't have any of these uh, APC devices. Is mm-hmm. it called APC? Well, APC is, is brand? the brand. AP, it's yeah. like Xerox. Yeah, APC is the brand. They're battery backups. But I have just so little knowledge of that subject. It's just never been a problem for me. Yeah. Um, and I think that's about it. So um, thanks for listening, and we will see you all next. Oh, 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 show 150, right? Yes. Yeah, send in your stuff if you haven't already for show 150. Uh, send it to feedback at MacPowerUsers.com. Use show 150 in the uh, in the subject line and talk to us about your one workflow that you want to share with the MacPower users listeners. We'll be Because we'll be making those decisions pretty soon and sending out emails. So um, talk to us about your workflows, show 150. You know, every time I go to Macworld, there's a group of spouses there, husbands and wives of people that are Mac Power users, listeners that want to lynch me. And this show is exactly why. There you go. All right. All right. Talk to you later.